Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Bimbo Coles, Bill Wennington, Bernard King, Joey Devine, Sean Bradley. Man, Stacy Ottman, Anderson Hunt, Sean Keane, Benoit Benjamin, and musical guest Dexby's Midnight Runners, and now the host of Round Ball Rock, Dave Schilling. Hello, welcome back to the Round Ball Rock Podcast. I am Dave Schilling, Sean Keen, Joey Devine. We're here. Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. This is great. We're so close. Media Day was just yesterday. Oh, and I so love Media we're Day. And so we're, we're on the precipice. We're, we're staring out at the deep, dark chasm that is the NBA season. I'm so excited. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, basketball, baby. Oh, oh yeah. Um, any standouts? Uh, for you guys from Media Day, I was like deep into the other Sixers, one hundred percent. Everything oh, about what the a Sixers. team! What a team! Uh, I, ha- I have this theory that they're the the internet's like they're they're the number one NBA Twitter team. They, they are already so fun and so depressing at the same time. I'm excited. Uh, any specifics then? Well, there three things, three big things <laughs> three. happened. Uh, first off. Ben Simmons has added 35 pounds of muscle somehow what? since Summer League. Uh, I read that he's working out with LeBron James, and mm. uh, that could imply a variety of things. <laughs> Probably not just like a Stairmaster or, or a treadmill or some free weights. Wait, what are you saying, Dave? I'm just saying that what LeBron are you saying James Le- is very good at 
it magically putting on weight whenever okay. he needs to. Uh, it's it's very interesting because for many years, uh, a very fun thing to see in training camp was to see which player uh, had put on 15 pounds of muscle, and it doesn't it didn't mean anything. But just every team, there'd be some guy like, no, you got to really got to really commit to this guy, and it will always be some. You know, athletic Anthony forward. Anthony Randolph it's has put on it. 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, it's an Anthony Russell type. One year, Anthony Randall also gained, also uh, grew an inch. Anthony Randolph, yeah, he was out <laughs> of control. It's not possible. When you're an adult, you can't grow anymore. Well, he was. But you just, you he just, was 18 <sighs> years old. It's oh, always, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was fair. That's but fair. they were like, he's a seven-footer now. And it still didn't mean anything right. for poor Anthony Randolph's career. Although yeah. he's doing great in the Turkish League. I do wonder, like, like if you're a guy like Bismack Biombo, who is maybe a little older than he is mm-hmm. purported to be, do you really try to shut down those 15 pounds of muscle stories? <laughs> you're like, no, 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 that's a, that's normal. Just 35 sh- pounds of muscle. Who else though. 35 pounds of how much does Ben Simmons normally weigh? He's very skinny. He's not Ingram skinny, or was Ingram skinny, but he's very thin. So, so to gain 35 pounds of muscle he ate a whole in cow two months. Day. Yeah, that's a whole cow every day. <laughs> Just cutting into little pieces and nibbling on it. Um, it's a lot other, of shrimp to throw on the Barbie. <laughs> what other athletes do you think have worked out with LeBron James recently? Lance Armstrong, former San Francisco Giant, Barry Bonds. Have they ever worked out with LeBron James? Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> By the way, my favorite Barry Bonds story is uh, he he stole he began a lifelong feud with Gary Sheffield by stealing his personal chef uh-huh. when they were uh, working out together one off season. Oh boy! Clearly having totally normal human meals. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely <laughs> no supplements. Oh, yeah. Regular uh, regular meals. The other Sixers uh, story that I liked is everyone's favorite <laughs> internet meme. Joel Embiid uh, ended his media day section by saying, "Trust the prop, uh, trust the process," and then literally dropping the microphone. <laughs> I think we have to just end every episode of the, pro- the podcast saying that now. Trust the process. trust the yeah. process. Yeah. That feels like a really great nod to. I think maybe. Round Ball Rock's favorite basketball player. So besides Chris Bosh, of mm, course, Chris Bosh. No. So mm. here's my question. Is Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid uh, trolling Sam Hinkie by doing that? No, this is a shout. This is a shout out, baby. This is the guy who drafted him, number three in the draft. This is a guy who believed in him for years. He threw his injury. I think they're probably like father and son now. So if like, Joel Embiid, I mean Sam Hinkie hates him for sure, <laughs> sure. but. Joel Embiid sees him as a patron of some sure. sort. Sure. Yeah. He's back from Qatar, baby. <laughs> He's just sending him letters and emails and texting him. But okay. he just doesn't get any more response. Yeah. It's so sad. I heard Joel Embiid has actually lost 35 pounds of cotton candy weight in the offseason. <laughs> so that kind of makes sense. Maybe that's... Maybe that's where Ben Simmons got it. Maybe he's on that Shirley Temple diet. Uh. <laughs> yeah, just jugs and jugs of Shirley Temple. Um, and also, Nerlens Noel is not happy, you guys. He is well, not happy. You would think he'd be so happy playing on a team that may or may not win double digits in games. Here's, here's what Nerlens Noel said. Uh, I think it's just silly, this situation that we're in now with three starting centers. With the departure of Sam Hinkie, I would have figured that management would be able to get something done this summer. Damn. Mm-hmm. Ouch. 
I feel it definitely needs to be figured out. I think at the end of the day, again, you have three starting caliber centers, which first off, mm. I think is arguable. <laughs> but and Embiid it's just is starting caliber. Yeah, he hasn't played a second. And it's just not going to work to anybody's advantage having that on the same team. That's how I'm looking at it. I'm not supposed to I'm not opposed to anything, but things need to be situated. So what did Colangelo say in response? He was like, "Oh, we're good, man." <laughs> no, come Colang- on. Great? Seriously, that's what <laughs> Colangelo said. He was like, "I'm happy. I'm happy with all our centers." Oh, I boy. mean, this is this is Nerlens Noel is the guy who should be saying this because he is up for a contract extension. Mm-hmm. He is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. And there are many, many reasons he no longer wants to be in Philadelphia, but the two biggest ones are Julia Lokifer and Joel Embiid. Here's my thing, though. Are Nerlens Noel and Julia Lokifer actually starting caliber centers? I think the jury is still out on all of them. All look at them, right? Because none of them have played for a real basketball team yet. But look, look what kind of money Bismack Biombo. It's true. Got. That's Noel has accomplished far more in the NBA than Bismack Biombo has. Who's going to be uh, crazy enough to toss an offer sheet, a max offer sheet that way? I don't know if it'll be a max, but somebody's going to give him. So, he will get. He will get. Will be like, nah. He will get know. more money than Bismack Biombo and yeah, yeah. Ian McHenry. So, like, what was that? Four and sixty-four. I think Bismack might have been even four for seventy-five. Yeah, they're they're gonna get. He's gonna get a hundred that Evan Turner, Alan Crab type money. That's kooky, crazy stuff, man. <laughs> Jeez, I don't understand. But uh, what is wrong with this league? So I don't know what I don't know what the the Sixers are gonna trade him for or where to Boston. But this is Boston. But why doesn't Boston just be like, oh, we'll wait? We're not going to give up any assets or, or draft They'll picks. give up the assets for Okafor, though. Oh, you think they'll trade for Okafor, Danny not Danny loves Noel. Okafor. Yeah. And I, I personally, I hate Okafor. I don't like him one bit. And the the best thing that's happened to the Lakers in the last few years is them not taking him second. But really, what, the, what this is saying to me is don't try to extend me unless you're really going to pay me. And... He's like he's already trying to get them not to match an offer sheet mm-hmm. nine months from now, and I think so. You think he's poisoning the well by saying all this shit about um, the the management? Yeah, exactly. He's he's saying they're going to trade one of these three centers. Hopefully, it's why me. isn't it? Why not me? <laughs> why not me? <laughs> why not me? <laughs> just just oh. putting it out there. Like, oh, it's so sad. He's basically asking the team, you know, for maybe like an open relationship. <laughs> You should just start sending covert DMs to, like, the Rockets. Yo, yo, you up, Daryl Morey? Anything else from uh, Media Day that we should discuss before we move on? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, D'Angelo Russell is a teacher's pet and a liar. He's... Come on, not a liar. <laughs> He's uh, He likes to film people against their will without their knowledge. I don't care about that. Uh, I care that he's lying about uh, loving to play with Luke Walton in NBA 2K. He does all the little things, I man. Mean, he's, he's a great bench guy for your NBA 2K video game team. I mean, do you think he's, do you think he's kissing up? I mean, I kind of think, think he's I kissing up. I think he's up. just making fun of Luke Walton. Yeah, it could be sarcasm. You can't really read I mean, sarcasm. This is, you don't understand millennials. You're like Brian Shaw <laughs> right now. This is how they show affection. I mean, what I will say 
is I am a man who used to love to play with Jarvis Hayes in NBA 2K. Wow, that's a deep cut. 2K4, yeah. He was amazing. Rookie Jarvis Hayes could hit so many threes with the Washington Wizards. As a as a 2K aficionado, <laughs> mm-hmm. then, is there something that you could say Luke Walton would be able to do to make him worth playing it? No. So you think <laughs> this is just all total bullshit? Yes. You know who else thinks it's bullshit? Captain Jack? Captain Jack, Steven Jackson. Shooting out, from the hip again. Calling out D'Angelo Russell on Instagram. He said, the new NBA, Brown knows it at its best. To be real, Luke Walton didn't pick Luke Walton in 2K. Get the fuck out of here, shaking my damn head. You gonna start, kid? You gonna start, kid? You ain't gotta do all that, bruh. Man, it's sad, I tell you. Just be real with others, and they'll respect that. <laughs> now, w- important question mm-hmm. for you. It, was it written out, shaking my damn head, or was it SMDH? SMDH. Okay. And GTFOH. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that he was hip enough to use uh, abbreviations. Second question. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that this is a, a better way to be an NBA player than – the late 90s, mid 90s, early 2000s, I'm going to choke oh, my 100%. 100%. <laughs> because I would say on the other end of the spectrum, uh Derrick Rose chose the most is like the most 90s player left, right? Yeah. And he chose one of the most unfortunate quotes of all time yesterday at media day. Toss it to me. Throw it out there. Oh, I got to find it. I'm, a, I'm yeah. terrified to well, hear what this is. While you're while you're looking, I just want to mention that Steven Jackson does keep it a little too real sometimes. Yeah. Like 100%. when he signed with the San Antonio Spurs and was so obnoxious, they released him in favor of Tracy McGrady's Weekend at Bernie's style reanimated corpse one year. <laughs> and just because Steven Jackson... Maybe should have brown nosed a little bit more. Yeah, maybe just that's, a little. Maybe bit. the lesson is there's maybe a reason why he does not get those training camp invites and assistant coaches yeah, coaching it's jobs. It's one of those keeping it real goes wrong situations. I mean, it's great for his broadcasting career, and if he ever writes a book, that will be fantastic. But he does not comport himself in the way. Of a guy who's looking for an administrative position yeah, no, I, in the I, league. I don't know if I would trust him with uh, with anything, really. Any sort of actual responsibility. And D'Angelo Russell has proven himself to have learned quite a bit about how to be a leader in this offseason, I think. I mean, he's clearly a team player. Uh, he likes studying film. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> Recording it and studying it. Oh, okay. So what's this Derrick Rose quote? Derrick Rose says he's working toward making every dribble count. Says Kobe rarely found himself in a bad position. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. He's been in the league for how many years now? Many? More than one? He Mm -hmm. should know that he has a very delicate situation on his hands and that he should probably... Avoid the Kobe Bryant analogy. Use discretion at all times. <laughs> yes. Uh, I got to also bring up Phil Jackson and his his comments about it. Like, Derek's not thinking about this at all. Is yeah. something that he said in public. Also, at a press Phil Jackson is lying when he said he knew about this case going to trial, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, do you There's think There's no he really way they would have traded for him. I don't think it would have made the papers at whatever fly fishing slash peyote <laughs> yeah, retreat where 
Phil spent the trade deadline last year. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is going to continue until Phil Jackson wanders off into the sunset. I did. How ugly He's is a- this case going to get? For those of you that don't know, there's this horrible rape case that Derrick Rose is going to have to go through during the season. Kobe Bryant style. Well, the difference is it is not a criminal case. Mm -hmm. It's a civil case, which means he's not at risk of incarceration, but it also means Mm -hmm. there is not going to be a civil settlement in the case. Mm -hmm. And even in the generous interpretation of the situation, it does not look good for Derrick Rose. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, you know, he won't actually go to prison as i have said on this podcast before (laughs) derrick rose will not be incarcerated yet if i mean if he's found to be responsible and ends up having to pay you know there's some liability on his end not only is that just horrible for him as a human being but also less important is the way that it will affect the Knicks going forward. I mean, how do you keep a guy like that on well, your basketball They're not going to keep him anyway. They didn't trade it for him to keep him. I mean, for at least for the season. You think well, they, they, you I think mean, they have him? to keep him for the season, but right. his contract's up at the end of the year. Just the whole the whole notion of him being on this team is going to be a huge distraction. You saw what happened in 2004 with Kobe and Christ NBA. I thought we were They made past the finals. This. And then they got swept by probably the weakest championship team yeah. in years. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they uh, yeah. D- d- just quick question. I don't know that much about shoes. Are would anyone wear? D- does anyone wear Derrick Rose shoes? Would you wear Derrick Rose shoes even without this? Because he has a massive, massive Adidas shoe deal, Adidas and he is no one's favorite player. <laughs> no, not at all. I the, there's going to be a great documentary to be made about. The rise and fall of Derrick Rose, but right now it's just it's we're in the we're in the dark night of the soul, second act yeah. sadness. Every um, rose has its thorns. <laughs> just one had a few more. So before we move on, we have to talk about the Chris Bosh situation because this has been your pet project. I know, and it, I don't understand how it became this. Honestly, for some reason. The microphones turn on and I become like the ultimate Chris Bosch guy. And I, think, I didn't know that about myself before. I think part of it is just a response to me being so negative about his prospects sure. and the team in general. Well, it turns out you were right. Thank you. Thank you very um, much. It looks like Chris Bosch is done forever, correct? Oh, man. I just, it's so painful to look at this situation. But yeah, he's done forever. Is that the. I mean, he's well, they, definitely done with the heat. Yeah, they're but not, the yeah. thing is, is I, re- I saw at first I was like very skeptical of the situation because I'm me. And it was the heat doctors that said Chris Bosch can't play. But now I've learned that Chris Bosch also had his own set of doctors at the thing. And they also said he can't play basketball. I mean, it's it's really it is a shame because I really like watching Chris Bosch play basketball and lost to this is how really, truly excellent he was last year when yeah. he played. When he was playing without Wade, he was scoring something like 28 points for 36 minutes and running the offense, yeah. like playing point center and shooting from the outside. But this is just the kind of thing where... It's not like running a guy out 
on a reconstructed knee or like a mm-hmm. guy coming back from a second Tommy John surgery. It's just this freak thing where he could die on the court. Well, well the other thing I learned this week that I didn't know is that Eric Spolstra was on the court when Hank Gathers died. Oh, oh my God. Geez. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you just... <laughs> yeah, there's nothing about the situation points to him ever stepping on a basketball court to play and professionally you know, again. Yeah, because there's, there's problems like that where you can have things fixed and come back. Like Ronnie Turioff had heart surgery, missed a year, but was, you know... Anderson Verjao had a blood clot. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Green had a heart condition, yeah. and he came back as exactly the Jeff Green he's always been. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he got to play basketball. I mean, yeah. can you imagine Chris Bosh? The league is in a worse okay. place without Chris Bosh. 100%. It's very sad. He's amazing. But, you know, the health of the, the player is a thousand times more significant so than, yeah than that and, and and to talk about another guy who's not gonna play basketball anymore kevin garnett this situation bummed me out um tibbs forced kevin garnett to retire correct i'm I mean, reading this situation correctly. certainly possible. i mean yeah he in like hadn't... a weird power move about getting flip guys out of there that's what's happening I mean, maybe. I, yeah, Garnett, Garnett's last game was in January, though. Yeah. So. I would not say that he was going to provide much for that team besides but I mean, the presence. That's the thing. Don't you? If I were me, I still would kind of want Kevin Garnett around. The team is really young. Yeah, but, I mean, most of them had the benefit of playing with him last season. So is it is it better for him to be traveling and taking up a roster spot and the attention of uh, what would obviously be a Kobe-esque uh, farewell tour? Uh, or is but it better? Yeah, to- there's a difference between Garnett and Kobe where Garnett had already agreed to take like a submissive role. Like Kobe right. but was never going to do that. Like Garnett was essentially already just being a player – coach so would you prefer to have him you know play out the 82 sort of i mean be there uh and then have you know final game sort of ceremony thing at the end yeah i mean he certainly get him to the playoffs one more time they think that team's gonna make the playoffs like isn't that a better way to go out with garnett being at the end of the bench and making the playoffs i don't know it's a bummer to me he's ultimately going to own part of the team correct i don't think that's 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 the thing that's i mean that's the other it's it's like the michael jordan thing of going to the wizards of moving to this team where you're gonna buy it but nothing's in writing and he was gonna buy that team Team with with flip Flip. saunders so but this to me read as like a weird tibbs power move I think I think I could see now. Granted, if I was a new coach coming to a team, I could see not wanting to inherit Kevin Garnett. Yeah, and also just like the question of who am I listening to? Like am I, I also to this legendary basketball player. Am I listening to the, our new coach? And I don't want this guy to yell at me. Like I've had him. <laughs> I He's yelled at me Boston so already. much. Yeah, right. I've heard him yell near me so much. <laughs> I just literally my ears can't take it. It's just interesting that it took this long to sort that whole thing out. You would think this would happen two months ago. It's a bummer. Yeah, it it's, bums me out. 
I haven't. He hasn't really said anything, right? No. On the plus side, there was a Players Tribune thing, though, right? Watch. Yeah, the Players Players Tribune will launch it, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Live webcast. Now on Wadge's pod this week, he was talking to Scalabrini about it, and Wadge revealed my favorite NBA shit talk of all time from that Kevin Garnett did. Apparently, during the 2009 Finals against the Magic, when when Garnett was hurt, he kept yelling at Dwight Howard from the sideline, paint your face, clown. (laughs) Paint your face, clown. I mean, everybody's had a crack at Dwight Howard. Paint your face, clown is so (laughs) succinct and, like, perfectly just, like, paints the, like, Dwight Howard experience, though. (laughs) It's also a weirdly kind of old-timey thing of, like, put the grease paint on. You're going on the big tent. (laughs) I am a little bummed that we missed out on a year of the Kevin Garnett retirement gift tour. I know. Which feels like just just tough things, like... You can't give him a rocking chair. You a have de- to give him like something like the 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 Iron Throne. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be comfortable. You've given the point. DVD box set of making the band though, which that is my other favorite Kevin Garnett story. <laughs> Apparently, during the rap battle season sequence of the first season of MTV's Making the Band, he got so hyped that he headbutt a hole in his living room wall while watching MTV's <laughs> Making the Band. Yeah, see, like, that's... He's not alone in that, guys, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, but I think Tom Thibodeau probably... It's probably a little bit of a power move, a little bit because Garnett really was not going to play, and also 45% legitimate fear. <laughs> like, of, of physical injury, yeah. Physical you, injury, gonna, mental injury. You're going to you're gonna get a hole in your chest. I can't imagine the things that Kevin Garnett has said about the way that Tom Thibodeau dresses and comports himself <laughs> as well. Like, like I, he, he has to have burned him so hard. There's so, so much fat shaming that we just don't have time to go through. <laughs> uh, but on the flip side of the retirement uh, thing, there, there is Paul Pierce who is going out on his own uh, on two feet. For the Clippers, um, is, is Paul Pierce going to get a, a a warm reception in cities that maybe did not enjoy his presence? There will be one city he gets a warm reception in, right? Boston. Not Brooklyn, not Washington, no. not any city. Definitely not Los Angeles, even though he's from I Los Angeles. Are they going to get – they should give him a gold-plated wheelchair in his <laughs> last game. That would be so good. Uh, and then dump him into the L.A. River. I think Washington will give him a warm reception, actually. He won them a playoff series. That's true. Well, there's also some – didn't he hit that the shot where – was it – that's why they brought me here. Was that Washington or Brooklyn? That was Washington. That was Washington. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, Brooklyn fans, one, don't like basketball, and two – Brooklyn, there's just not going to be any fans. There's nobody there, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Jeremy Lin will give him a handshake and a high five. And his acquisition is what has doomed their yeah. franchise for the next sure. five years yes. as well. Very true. Well, I mean, I look forward to that, and hopefully, um, you know, the Clippers give him something special. I heard he wants to be a GM. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> there's some guys who it's like, oh, yeah, you're obviously destined for the, the front office. And there's some guys who it's like, well, maybe you can be a sideline reporter. And I think uh, Paul Pierce maybe isn't even a sideline reporter. I, don't, I, I didn't enjoy him doing analysis. I think Mm-mm. he did it for ESPN last season. 
we'll see. I don't we'll, enjoy Paul Pierce. Yeah. I've never have. I've, I've always hated him because of <laughs> the place he played for most of his career, but um, he's not particularly charismatic uh, with a microphone and a suit on. He's a he's a he's a gamer guy. I think the same thing is true of Garnett, where it's like you're Garnett the most be, interesting when you're on the court. Garnett will be really good on that NBA TV show where they sit in those leather chairs and talk shit about everyone, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. What is that? He will actually be standing behind, pacing and clapping his hands throughout all the stories. Yeah. Paul Pierce is like the dumpiest NBA player of all yeah. time. You're kind of like. And just wearing a headband because he didn't wash his hair. You know, Not in particularly <laughs> like, good shape. Yeah. Kind of droopy face. Uh, well, we should move on, yeah. guys. We've talked a lot about retired players, but we have the entire central division of active players to discuss today. But first, let's take a break to thank our sponsor. This week, we are sponsored by Stan Van Gundy's Trunk Club. Now, like many of you, I don't have a lot of time. From writing for The Guardian to housebreaking my dog Jerry Seinfeld, to the 30 hours a week I devote to researching and recording this podcast, it's hard to find time to shop. That's why I joined Stan Van Gundy's Trunk Club. Stan Stan Van Gundy's Trunk Club will fill out your closet with a roster of hoodies, tracksuits, mock turtlenecks, and suit jackets, all from the year 1998. Let the bigger markets spend on the premium styles. SVG's Trunk Club will send you veteran clothing that knows its role in your outfits, despite having a couple of Diet Pepsi stains. How do we know it's great? It comes straight from the trunk of Stan Van Gundy's Hyundai. It comes straight from the trunk of Stan Van Gundy's Hyundai Elantra. Whether you're a 57-year-old NBA coach with a mustache or a balding 54-year-old former NBA coach, SVG's Trunk Club will personalize your look for practice breaking down game film, more practice, and a night out at Claim Jumper. Is the clothing cheap, you might ask? Well, the answer to that is no. But Stan Van Gundy's Trunk Club will overpay to get the right look for you. Even if it's a weird oversized Australian that no one else wants, you will get mid-sized, mid-level clothing at starter prices. That's the SVG Trunk Club promise. Stan Van Gundy's Trunk Club. Build a fucking wardrobe. Thanks again to Stan Van Gundy's Trunk Club. Um, it's an exciting I, sponsor. Yeah, you know, as I get uh, older and heavier, I feel the need for loose-fitting clothes. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Stan Van Gundy, for giving me plenty of elastic and plenty of room to fit my wide frame. Speaking of Stan Van Gundy, the central division of the Eastern Conference is today's division of the week. Yeah. Uh, let's start. Milwaukee Bucks. Right, worst worst team in the division last year. They were thirty three and forty nine. Uh, they lost Jared Bayless, Grievous Vasquez, and a bunch of guys that don't matter, uh, <laughs> and added Thon Maker, Steve Novak, Miles Plumley, Mirza Toledovic, Jason Terry, Michael Beasley, and Matthew Dellavedova. Now here's I have, I have three questions about the Bucks, you guys. Okay. Oh, also, in the biggest news, uh, Chris Middleton already out for the season. Yes, that's correct. That um, is their best player he's already be, out for the season. He'll be back in, like, February or March? Yeah. Or is he at, yeah, but he's missing a ton of time. Yeah. Um, and that's why they traded for Michael Beasley. Uh, also, O.J. Mayo suspended for two years. <laughs> 
he will not ever play for the Bucks again. So. <laughs> yeah. So here are my three. Do questions. they do they keep his bird rights? Here are my here are a couple of questions. They keep his Birdman rights. Actually, <laughs> that's what you get. Whenever for he gets out a of two jail. years suspension, <laughs> preserve your Birdman rights. So here are my three questions about the Bucks. You guys, uh, what should OJ Mayo do with his two years off? Sean, you take this one first. <laughs> Okay, well, You've been to prison before. Yeah. He's getting he's getting close to being the least popular OJ in sports history, which is seemed impossible twenty years ago. But he's <laughs> got sorry. a shot at the title. I, hold on, <laughs> he has not murdered his ex wife and a friend. Yeah, the, yeah. but has he murdered three basketball franchises? <laughs> sure, yes. yes, he's got blood on his hands, but it's metaphorical blood. Uh, I think he. I think what is most likely is he will not play in the NBA again. He is going to go to China. I actually. Th- well, oh yeah, because he's got to play in China. But ultimately, the goal is going to be he's going to be in uh, some suburb of Las Vegas. And he is going to open up a giant dispensary called the Mayo Clinic. And... <laughs> I, that is the most natural decision possible. Uh, I feel like he's going to find his way to like a Drew League game or something here and there. But mostly Turkey, China, Israel, some of these countries. He's going to keep playing basketball, just not well. What did he do? It's weed. Drugs. Yeah, it's, it's weed, it's right? Drugs. Oh. it's drugs. Oh, because I was just thinking, you never get two years for it weed. It is not weed. It oh. is drugs. It's coke or meth or something else. Because the Birdman got a two-year meth suspension? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, so he's... It's in the harder category. Yeah. yeah. The NBA kind of doesn't care that much if you smoke weed. No. It's just like, don't get caught. Come on. Well, we, all know, that... we all know how to beat... A pot test in the NBA. Didn't Larry Sanders? Well, I mean, Larry Sanders had had depression issues too, right? But well, they Larry weren't, weren't Sanders just weed. kept failing the pot drug tests, right? Well, why couldn't? But he, he pass? also, Larry Sanders also got in that bar fight, right? That was on video. He also just kind of didn't want to play basketball anymore. Uh, very sad story. But yeah, uh, yeah OJ Mayo. Maybe um, I could see him. Um, yeah, just I think he Sean's right. Actually, right. <laughs> yeah, I think Sean's right. He's gonna go out and he's gonna like be a candle maker. He's gonna have a pot dispensary. <laughs> just kind of chill out. I mean, he's had he's had like a eight year career. Yeah, point, something like that. He probably That's, has some money saved. He looks like uh, he's had a seventeen year career. Right. He doesn't look good. I think he might have Paul Pierce's personal trainer. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Marcus Smart's personal trainer, um, but sure, that too. All right, my second question. How old is Thon Maker? We've talked about this before. <laughs> he is 34 um, and will at some point retire in the next two or three years because he's just logged too many minutes. Even his name sounds like what a medieval peasant would be called. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Thon Maker. Yeah. Thon Maker. He's the tallest knight. <laughs> the Brotherhood without banners. Yeah, Thon not Maker. very skilled, but he has raw potential. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the Lord of Light is going to have to rejuvenate his career eventually. All right, my third question. Is Michael Beasley better than Chris Middleton at anything? Crochet, maybe? maybe yeah, that's maybe mid-range some scoring. sort of art or craft. Mid-range scoring, you think? I mean, Michael Beasley has one thing that he does really well, which is hit, like, 15-footers, get to the basket, and... Score like he—he's always been able to score. It's just every other aspect of basketball <laughs> that he can't do. So if you, you know, I mean, he 
he was kind of useful as a second unit player for the mm-hmm. Rockets because he fits right into that James Harden role of dribbling a lot, getting fouled, and never passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's gonna have to start, right? Yeah, he's definitely gonna have to start. Oh dear lord! I mean, the the Is Bucks have. Well, who else can start? In his yeah, I mean, can't they start Giannis at the two? I mean, they can start him basically anywhere if they wanted to. But who's? I don't know who their other. I mean, they would start Delavadova, I guess, right? right? I think they're gonna start Delavadova anyway, right? Well, so Michael Carter Williams, Delavadova, and then Giannis. At- I think they go Delavadova, Giannis, um, Jabari, uh-huh. Mirza. Yep, and then. Uh, Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe. Oh, or, uh, Boo. or John Henson. <laughs> Boo. They just have... It's a weird team. Yeah, without it's... Chris Middleton. And Chris Middleton last year shot 39% from three. That's gone. I mean, Mirza shoots like 45% from but three. But you need a second guy. So yeah. their guys that could shoot were, you know, O.J. Mayo last year. Jared yeah. Bayless. Those guys are actually gone. And... They do a lot of things that are really pretty effective. And if this team was around in the late 80s, they'd be, you know, falling just short of the Eastern Conference title like those Milwaukee Bucks did, yeah. too. But you just it's it's tough because they they just, it's going to be tough for them to have a good offense. Yeah. I mean, with without. They're basically their their guy who's a perimeter shooter. I mean, they're screwed. A, they're screwed. Yeah. They're, and he also didn't rough. need the ball very much. Right. Yeah. Uh, so their over-under is, according to Vegas, is 39 and a half. Oh, what I'm do you going guys under, think? dog. After that injury, I'm going way under. I would have gone under even before the injury. Yeah, and now is, I think it's a lock. Yeah. I think it's a big under. I'm going to go 30, 31. 31 games wins. I mean, Giannis is going to have to get way better for them to have any chance of making the playoffs. They just have a team that doesn't make any sense. They have, yeah. they have three centers and right. no wings. Yep. No one no one can shoot. It's a real, real shame. Yeah, I mean, to but take let's... the other side of it, uh-huh. I mean, Jabari Parker is good, right? But And can be way better. Last year was his real rookie season. Like... Yeah, I think usually they... sophomore year is when a guy's going to take a leap, and Giannis is always due for a leap. So, I'd feel very good about them next season. Mm-hmm. And Chris Middleton's still really young, and but... John Henson's good, right? At blocking shots, he'll be just, around. I mean, they're, they're, he still weighs a hundred and ten pounds. He's got to talk to Ben Simmons, baby. Yeah, you know what you got to do this season is you got to tank. They, this, is they, this is ultimate such tank. Such a tank. San Antonio Spurs tank situation. Get your version of Tim Duncan and make the leap the next. I year. wouldn't. I would. I would be limiting Jabari Parker. Mm-hmm. I'd be limiting. Just nobody gets hurt. We trade Greg Monroe for something. Get a lottery pick and then come back. Well, Greg Monroe's in Milwaukee or two, right? Pretty yeah, sure. I mean, I, yeah. I I'm sure they're already trying to trade him. But all right, guys, your next. Your next team in this division, uh, they went forty-two and forty. The Chicago Bulls. Uh, they added. Well, let's go. Who they lost? They lost Aaron Brooks, Pau Gasol, Joachim Noah, Derek Rose, Jose Calderon, Mike Dunleavy, and Justin Holiday. And they added 
Denzel Valentine, Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, Robin Lopez, and Jerrion Grant. So my question. Three questions. Can someone please explain this team to me? It's a mighty fine collection of mismatched parts. It's like uh, if you go to the... You go to a, you know your friend's house, and there's a big junk drawer full of toys. And it's like G.I. Joe's leg, uh, Sergeant Slaughter's head, and like a weird Buzz, <laughs> like buzz Lightyear that your dog chewed up a little bit. That's the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. It reminds me of a team that got all loaded up for a trip to driving up to Lake Tahoe. At the last minute, they got a free beach house that they could go to. So they just turned the car mm-hmm. around. A car full of skis and snow gear <laughs> to a very nice house that became available. And, you know, it probably is a better situation, but they don't really have the right parts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so they got they got Rondo, which this was sort remind, of logical. This reminds me of a Sacramento Kings team. Oh, yeah. It feels like a Yeah, like Sacramento how is John Kings Salmons team? not on this team? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so their original plan was to dump Derrick Rose Mm -hmm. and get a center who could play defense. Then they got Rondo as kind of a stopgap for Derrick Rose Mm because they didn't have a point guard. And then the next step was Dwayne Wade became suddenly available. Right. And they got him. Right. But is there any possible way that in 2016... Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, and Rajon Rondo can play together? No. No, not at all. I mean, unless Dwayne Wade is in, you know, sort of like Twilight of My Career, one more ring territory where he's going to be deferential, but that doesn't seem to be in his character. And if he wanted to do that, you know, why Chicago? Well, and his his best skill sets are still doing stuff one-on-one. Like, he has a lot of good moves. Mm-hmm. He can get – he's very, very good at getting an open 12-footer. Right. Which- but – isn't he that, needs to have the ball in his hands. Aren't those also Jimmy Butler and Rajon Rondo's skill sets, basically? I mean, not the shooting part of that, but dominating the ball and then, like, doing stuff? Yeah, it yeah. it reminds me of the Phoenix Suns from two years ago where they decided it was cool to just start three point guards at the same time, and then by midseason they had traded two mm-hmm. of them. Well, they're not trading any of these three guys. Unless no, they no, none of them are getting Unless they're traded. like, well, Jimmy Butler, we don't need anymore. I mean, but, yeah, they're stuck with this. Hey, this it's Jimmy piece. Butler's team. I yeah. know, I know, but he's the only one they didn't just recently bring onto the team. <laughs> okay, here's my third question. How much are Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo going to hate Fred Hoiberg? Uh, well, I mean, he's probably the least intimidating coach in the league. So maybe they can just walk over him and they don't care. If if he knows not to pull that kind of like um David Blatt thing where he's trying too hard, if he just mm-hmm. backs away and let lets these two guys run the team. I believe Sean once described him to me as a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really he has a haircut of a substitute. He has a teacher. haircut of a sub. Um he already had a heart condition, not to make light of it, but I feel like even even loud noises probably make him kind of jumpy. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I don't know. Maybe maybe his approach. The only thing I think could work for Fred Hoiberg is if he adopted the the uh, Fred Sanford mm-hmm. approach. The when they're not pa- when they're not passing the ball or Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade are arguing, he just fakes a heart attack. <laughs> and then they <laughs> all stop. to fall down. They're like, oh, sorry, Fred. Sorry, coach. We'll, we'll take an outside shot occasionally. <laughs> if I had to place a bet on first coach fired this season, it would be Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, I think that is definitely a fair bet. I don't know if that would be my, my choice. Uh, I'd have to think about it a little bit, but this is just a bad fit for him. A, a really bad fit for him and for the team, and yeah, it's a mess. I kind of think Dwayne Wade's actually the coach now, right? And maybe Jimmy Butler's team, but <laughs> I think Dwayne Wade is now the boss, yeah, and maybe even outranks the GM. Yeah, well, you know who the real coach of this team is. LeBron James, <laughs> because he's the one who's telling Dwayne Wade what to eat. So yeah, I think yeah. he's probably also like, C-best. have you considered maybe starting Miritich at the three? Or like, what if you guys ran a pick on this play? Right. Oh, Dwayne Wade hates picks. Right. <laughs> and it's his favorite play. <laughs> All right. And here's my here's my last question. How many games would this team win in the pre three point line NBA? Ooh. Whoa. And dunks are still allowed, right? Yeah, this yeah. Is not when the dunks were illegal. Okay. That was in the NCAA. Dunks were illegal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> thing. Um, how many games would they win? 60. Yeah, I think they'd win wins. like 65 I mean, they'd be games. Incredible. Yeah. They'd be incredible. <laughs> There'd be a ton Robin of Robin Lopez movement. in the middle. Is this pre or post shot clock? Uh, it's post shot clock, okay. pre three point line. I think yeah, it'd be this a team with, with a thirty. <laughs> with a, if they didn't even had a thirty second wow. shot clock, each of those guys could operate on their own for like eight or nine seconds of dribbling mm-hmm. out the clock without it really affecting yeah. things. Oh god, it would be like a twelve to seven game. It'd be so boring. <laughs> Jesus. All right, and the over under is thirty eight and a half. Where are we going, Sean? You first, man. I got a bomb to drop. I believe. I I, I just. I have faith in Dwayne Wade's ability to be mediocre. He has a chip on his shoulder. He too. does have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I would. Uh, that's. A, I think that it's thirty-eight and a half. That's a strong a over to me. I think they're going to win forty to forty-two games. I'm also going over. I think about that maybe f- forty-five max. I thought you had a strong bombshell to drop. I thought you were going to go under. Oh We've yeah. just been talking about how how much they suck. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I think it's like uh you know, I think they'll play a little D. But it's weird that we're kinda like, Oh, the coach is gonna get fired, this team's insane. <laughs> and then at the same time like, Yeah, you know, forty wins. Yeah. I'm but, also taking the over. <laughs> uh but they're not winning more than forty five games. Yeah. They're they're winning more than thirty eight and less than forty five, which makes them a playoff team in the east but doesn't seem like that over under is a little low it does seem low i don't really know why but i guess people hate doug mcdermott we've said i guess why. we just said we why we've exactly <laughs> been a lot of time saying why uh, yeah i i think that they're going to be able to win some games just through sheer force of talent yeah yeah it's a really they have a lot of bigs too mm-hmm. it's a good regular season crappy game team yeah you yeah. get you get somebody on the third game of of a, a back to back to back and, and it's they just, just like, got they got no smack. answer for doug dougie buckets doug mcbuckets <laughs> bobby portis <laughs> doug mcbuckets did dunk on a lot of people last he year. did 
Dunk McBuckets showed up. <laughs> also, wait till you guys see what Isaiah Kanan has uh, up his sleeve this year. That guy's not going to play. I know. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> All right. The Detroit basketball. The Detroit Pistons, 44-38. and 38. Great year for them last year. Um, they lost Anthony Tolliver, Jody Meeks, and Spencer Dinwiddie. It's a and, shame. Yeah. And they added John Luer, Boban, Ish Smith and Henry Ellenson in the draft. Uh, can I tell you one thing about Henry Ellenson real fast? Yeah. I saw him interviewed at the draft, <laughs> uh-huh. and I was positive that he was a European who did not speak English <laughs> rather than an American board basketball player. Uh-huh. Uh, so, my questions about this team, you guys. Uh, did the, uh, this is more of an overarching question. Uh, did the NBA do enough to cur- curtail Hack a Drummond for this team to win more games? What Remind did they me do what the rule exactly? Was? Yeah. Uh, now every quarter is the last two min- the last two minutes of the game. Hack a check isn't allowed. I think that's fine. I but don't there's think still it's teams enough, that are going to use it. I mean, it's not going to go away. Yeah, I don't think it's enough. No, I mean it. It really accelerated in the last couple of years, too. There's too many centers who can't shoot free throws in this league. There aren't that many, though. That's the argument. There are it's enough. It's like Bogut, Drummond, to DeAndre, Azili. That's like... Dwight? And Dwight, yeah. yeah. To Dwight, yeah. But even Dwight is almost good enough now where you don't do it. They don't do it to him as much. If you can, If you can make 50%... You're not going to do it. I think they've got to get rid of it, though. It sucks. It sucks so bad to watch. It's incredibly boring. Um, you know, the Spurs doing it, and then Pop is like, well, I don't like doing this, but I have Everyone to. Everyone who does who does it, every coach who Complains. does it says, I hate doing it, but math says I have to. Right. It's It's just a bad trend. Like, I don't like that the NBA is being played to – it's just not it's not good aesthetically for the optimization of all sports. And also Andre Drummond is tight as fuck. If he's a, if you like get rid of that. Like Andre Drummond is so much better as a player if you can't just foul him every time. Well the, the question to you that I pose then is are you tipping the scales for a guy when that's his only real downside as a the cent- the way that he plays the center position. Um, are you helping him for no reason? Well, here's Just because the- you find it to be not entertaining. It's a part of the game shooting free throws. I would say an inter- the difference that's happening now that didn't used to happen. Like they did the hack shack, but that happened when Shaquille O'Neal had the ball right. and was. Under yeah. the basket. Yeah, they're when you're just hugging a guy off the ball, that just seems ridiculous. It like, sucks. like at least, at least foul him with a normal basketball play. Mm-hmm. I mean, they outlawed jumping on people's backs yeah. at time stoppages, which was somehow that was okay. <laughs> I mean, I understand it's part of the game, but it's sort of like with basketball is good at getting in front of those kind of things. But look at look at baseball. Clearly, you get an advantage from things like changing relief pitchers all the time and getting that platoon advantage and throwing over to first base seven or eight times really does make it harder for a guy to steal a base. As a fan, it sucks. it's awful. Pitching changes are terrible. They should, if I were the commissioner of baseball, the first two things I would do is 
uh, force a guy to pitch a whole inning mm-hmm. unless he's you know given up two hits or he's given up a run or something like that. Sure. And you get to throw the first twice. It would be so much worse if people were stealing bases all the time. No, that would be the greatest. It would be yeah. awesome because it's incredibly exciting. And it would but... also be tight as fuck if uh, Andre Drummond were dunking all the time instead of sitting on at the, the free throw line yeah. staring at the rim. Sure. And the guess, games, it shortens the games. Too. Yeah. I guess it's just, it's a philosophical question that I don't want to go too deeply into because we have a finite amount of time. But what's more important, the rules as established in the game or entertainment? And entertainment. I think the, in, you're, yeah, they you're change, probably they right. change the rules they all the time. The rules, the all, basketball per- in particular yeah. changes the rules for entertainment all the time. Right. And outlawing it for the last two, for eight minutes of a 48 minute game isn't enough. Yeah, I think if you foul a guy off the ball, it should be, it's an intentional foul. They should get foul. the ball back. And I think I I also think that in the same vein, they should do the same thing with fouling guys in the backcourt to stuff fast breaks. That's also shitty. That sucks. Yeah, yeah it's too. terrible. Yeah. If they just if they made each of those one shot in the ball, I think it changes things a lot. Yeah, I agree with you guys a hundred percent. I just am already starting to formulate the Charles Barkley take. Where he's like, one, they should learn how to shoot free throws, and two, in my day, we used to be able to gouge people's eyes out. Who cares? Yeah. Fuck those guys. Agreed. Uh, over-unders? Uh, no, I have more questions. Oh, oh more. Questions. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we spent so we much time crazy. on that. Question yeah. two. Uh, earlier this offseason, the Bulls and Pistons traded Spencer Dinwiddie for Cameron Bearstow, and the Pistons subsequently waived Cameron Bearstow. Now, my question is... Do either of those people actually exist? <laughs> oh. um, well, I mean, I think they're in NBA 2K17. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I, I believe so. And my third question is, who does Stan Van Gundy think is going to pay for building his fucking wall? Mexico! Mexico! <laughs> All right. And finally... This team is really good, right? Oh, absolutely. This yeah. team is awesome. Well, you, they barely got rid of anybody. And the guys they got rid of, not good. Oh, Steve Blake is gone, too. I forgot to say that. And that's good. That's, that's a positive. Huge. Ish Smith is a huge upgrade over Steve Blake. They, and they, got, Boban. A, yeah. they got Boban. Yeah. They got Boban. They had a... Yeah, they had like a they had a fun team last year. They added guys mid season to make them more fun. Their young players are going to get better. And they had an awful bench last year. Just yeah. a terrible, terrible bench. And... It's weird. The least glamorous, most effective improvement that you see with teams like this are just removing the total negative players. Trash, yep. Trash boxes. So, yeah, what, what do you 45 wins, 46 wins? Over-under is 45 and a half. I'd go over, man. I think I'm going over, I too. really believe I in Stan Van Gundy and 48 to 50 games. I think Stanley Johnson and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope are going to – Jump up. I think Tobias Harris is Reggie's really good. Back. Oh, uh, yeah, I got to go over, too. It's a bunch of guys There's Stan a lot of, knows We've and gone likes. through so many bad teams. I know. Yeah. And so we got to put our, our chips down on somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. The Indiana Pacers, 45-37. and 37. Uh, They added a bunch of crazy guys. <laughs> uh, Aaron Brooks, Al Jeff- Jefferson, Kevin Serafin, uh, Jeff Teague, and Thaddeus Young. They lost Jordan Hill, Solomon Hill, George Hill, Jan Mahimni, Ty Lawson. It's the uh, Englishman who went up a hill and came down to Mahimni. Well, that's my wow. first. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's my first question. So Larry Bird believes that coaches have a shelf life of three years, correct? Because yeah. they also lost their coach. Uh, what's his problem with people with the last name Hill? Uh, I don't know. I think he's just a dick. He's, I think he's uh, just like, eh, no. All these guys remind me of the same person. He's like, hashtag never Hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, is getting rid of Ty Lawson a positive for any team? Oh, yes. yeah. This yeah. is yeah, it a seems huge, like huge it. How many wins is getting rid of Ty Lawson <laughs> worth? Well, the, thing, the thing is, it is going to cost uh, our prospective sponsor, Club Rio, the finest strip club in Indianapolis, upwards of seventeen thousand uh dollars -huh. to have him not in the metro area so that's a little sad and We're finally hoping big al can come through and help what would this team's record be in 2012 oh boy this entire division <laughs> is making moves to compete for the 1998 eastern conference title like all of the all of these guys just playing this weird we gotta have somebody to shut down reggie miller uh-huh <laughs> And even even the Pistons feel like almost like a retro team at the same time. Like, yeah, let's just we're just gonna build everything around the big man. You know? Yeah, we got like, we got like nothing's magic. more important they're like, than they're like the Shaq Penny Magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this team has <laughs> this team has Monte Ellis, Rodney Stuckey, Al Jefferson, Thaddeus Young, Jeff Teague. That's a and. Not even to mention Miles Teller, I mean Miles Turner, excuse me, C.J. Miles and Paul George. That is, that's like a sixty-five win team in two thousand twelve. <laughs> correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you just get these common repeated names in Indianapolis. It's like C.J. A.J. And they have a guy whose first name is Miles, a guy whose last name is Miles. <laughs> it's very. I don't know. It, do you think it's just that the Midwest kind of just gets things a little later? Yeah. And I so think. they're like, yeah, this is obviously, you know, we're we're listening to the very first Nicki Minaj album. Let's got to yep. the state. We just got to season four of Breaking Bad. <laughs> right, right. And they're just like, ah. <laughs> so these are the guys we got to bring in. Thad Young, Monte Ellis. He hasn't seen the whole season yeah. either. Al Jefferson's available. <laughs> yeah, Big Al, sure. And Al Jefferson's like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm hearing some things about Mad Men. <laughs> and, uh, it's a little slow now, for my taste, but I'm sure they're going to stick to landing. That being said, I think Al Jefferson is going to be fucking awesome for this team. Well, he's a six man. Correct? Uh, yeah, I, mean, no I think he's, he's going to win six man of the year. Yeah. He's I, healthy. I don't. I don't think he's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might be healthy now, but based on his history, he will not be healthy around the all-star break. Or... Nah, they'll, they'll love him, though. He's a great Indianapolis dude. He's like He'll be like a, a David West type for them, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Uh, the over/under for this team is forty-three and a half. What do you guys think? I'm going under. I think this is how a weird... far under you think? Uh, I'm gonna go forty. This is a this is a strange team. Yeah, I think I even though even though a lot of these guys they added, I like. Like I really like Jeff Teague and. Uh, is it the Nate McMillan factor you guys don't like? It's a first-year coach. He's not really an offensively-minded coach. And I mean, he like was an... in Seattle. But that's not really like what he's known for, though. He's not. I don't. Is he known for his offense? I thought he was a defense guy. I mean, the offense was awesome. That Seattle team 
that one magical year. That was the Ray the Allen pieces. year. Those were the pieces. The Richard Lewis, yeah. Ray Allen, Brent. Everybody's in a contract Luke here. Everybody now. shoots threes. Right. I think. I think they're. I think they lost a bunch of less famous players than they gained, and. I, I mean, I think there's a reason that their over-under is two games below their win total last year. Just, it's, uh, you know, Aaron uh, George Hill is a good player. Solomon Hill is a good player. Mahinley's yeah, a good yeah, player. Isn't George Hill, Jeff Teague a wash? Aren't they, like, the they're same? They're similar They're players. the same player. But um, I'm just I'm just saying they didn't really add much. Like, Mahinley's better than Al Jefferson. Yeah, there's not a ton of rim protection Yeah, but isn't Miles team. Turner... Gonna be better, potentially. I mean, Miles Turner maybe. was really good last year, and I'm saying he's was like his rookie year, right? But I just don't think big men. He 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 has a lot of Hibbert qualities to him. Like he can't really run. He shoots threes. too big for his own body. I mean, he might be better. I just don't. I don't really see a lot of these guys as being super upgrades. Like like I, yeah. I don't know if Thad Young is a better player than Solomon Hill right now. I don't think Al Jefferson's better than Jan Mahinmi. I don't really think Jeff Teague's better than George Hill. And so I don't think they've really I'm upgraded taking, the team. Like and I yeah. think their defense is gonna be pretty bad. I'm yeah, taking the I, over. I, I think this is this is a team that really like switched identical pieces in a lot of ways. Uh I mean Teague is definitely better in a lot of ways from George Hill, but you look at their stats, and they're similar enough yeah. that you don't really see this being a huge leap. I'm taking the over. Fair enough. I, I think they're going to win 45 games. I just think, at a, I just always believe that adding like veterans, like sure in a vacuum, uh, Thaddeus Young and Solomon Hill are like the same, but like Thaddeus Young to me is like, I'd rather have Thaddeus Young than Solomon Hill, just. I from don't think, you don't get like, a lot of defense from that. I just think he knows how to play in a He's got that winning tradition. Season. No, but I it doesn't mean I don't mean that, but I just think a veteran knows just knows how to play 82 games. Sure. Yeah, like, I mean, I this guess is, this team is just, not going to have a problem. And I think Paul George is really fucking good. Paul George is really good. I would really pick them a very slight under. I think they'll win about 42 40. Yeah, I don't games. think it's I don't think it's going to be that much lower. I just don't feel comfortable going over 43. And, and also, I think Jeff Teague is actually much better than George Hill and was hurt last year. Just think I love like Jeff Teague. Yeah. I think there's like one above average player on the team. It's Paul George. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's absolutely a superstar. It's just a question of will these guys fit around him? Yeah. yeah. I just think they got a lot of good veterans. All right. And finally, your NBA champions, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 57 and 25. Uh, they added Kayfelder, Birdman, and that's it. Oh, and Mike Dunleavy. Oh, thank God. Uh, they lost Delavadova, Dante Jones, Timothy Mozgov, and Mo Williams. <laughs> the Mo Williams story. Well, that's my first question. Yeah. Oh. So Mo Williams announced he was coming back for one more year. And then the next day at Media Day, Cavs GM David Griffin announced they were waiving him, and then Mo immediately announced his retirement. 
Is this the most Mo Williams ending to Mo Williams' career possible? I think like only- so much hubris and pomp and circumstance, and then okay, I'll go. I think only if they had had to physically drag him away from his locker <laughs> after scoring fifty points in a game. That's yes. the only way. Like, like randomly scoring fifty points on in like January. If this had happened, that would have been the Mo Williams ending. I mean, he went out a champion. Yeah. Sort of. Right. Get that ring. <laughs> My second question. Can Mike Dunleavy play dirty enough to replace both Matthew Dellavedova and Dante Jones? Boy, that's tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, there's two guys he has to replace, but I mean, you have he's to got remember, a history. Yeah, you have to remember Mike Dunleavy got, played so dirty, Giannis punched him in a game. Yeah, he's a dingling. Well, didn't Delavadova try to take out Dunleavy's knee? I think so. I think that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that may have been the point where uh, their spirits changed, like vice versa style, mm-hmm. or like the way that you inhabit an animal spirit in Avatar by like fucking their tail or something, or however that worked. Uh, yeah. So he he does. It's not. It's not enough. It's not enough. They're going to need somebody else right. to to lay those Galuli style knee hits on. <laughs> I haven't heard Galuli style used in about 20 years, but thank you. All right, and that. finally, and this is the only actual question When is J.R. Smith going to re sign? Like a week before the season starts. You think he's. What's just, the holdup? I don't know. I think, why are they doing this? Why is he doing this? I mean, why is anyone doing it? Why, well, why think- are both of them le- allowing this to happen? It seems like J.R. Smith definitely wants a three-year contract. Uh-huh. Doesn't that seem like that would be the holdup? Yeah. Doesn't seem like the Cavs would really be that averse to giving him. I mean, what do you think is the offer? I have no idea. The, David Griffin just said it was a, quote-unquote, very competitive offer. That's not a great no depiction of your own offer. Right. Uh, my... What would you pay him? My, nothing. I'd pay him whatever <laughs> he wants. Him to leave. I'd pay him whatever he wants. He's in a, he's in a valuable he was piece of that the team. the most <clears> – <throat> he was not the most. He was one of the more important pieces on that team last year. Sure, but at some point, do you think it, it's better that you replace him? Which is why a two-year deal is perfect because then you trade him next Who cares? Season. They're capped out forever. They're already the high they already have the highest payroll in the league. They're paying the luxury tax. I'm just saying it's like, some who gives point. A shit? Don't you want to get a younger piece to fill that role? Cuz you have to look they two already three years. traded all their picks like but you trade him to a, t- a, a a team that needs a veteran presence on the way to the playoffs and you get a pick You're not you get getting J.R. Smith is never going to be a veteran presence. I mean, it worked for the Knicks getting rid of him. You know, the, Cleveland was very desperate at that point, and he was a huge, huge help getting them to the finals two years ago. Yeah, that's why they should keep yeah, him. Yeah, that's why they should re-sign him. Give him whatever yeah, he wants. Yeah, well, I, I, three years versus Shirtless two years. Shirtless JR is like the thing, the, the second most memorable thing about that finals. Now, granted, J.R. Smith's entire career indicates that he will screw this up. Yeah. yeah. He will maybe end up going abroad, uh-huh. signing a restrictive contract with a team <laughs> in Turkey that prevents him from coming back, yeah. and then he'll rejoin the Cavs for the league minimum in March, <laughs> yeah. and I, then like hurt himself. And He's just somehow avoided a payday his entire career. It's almost, it's almost impressive. 
I want to know where LeBron is in, in all of this and why he isn't greasing the wheels to make this happen because, one, he basically runs the team. Two, J.R. Smith is very close with him. He rigged that fashion show with mm-hmm. the All-Star game two years ago, so <laughs> J.R. would win. Why isn't he greasing the wheels and making this happen? Looks like somebody needs to sign with Rich Paul and yeah. get his deal done. There you go. Uh-huh. I mean, that's another reason why Ben Simmons is working out with LeBron James because they're both – Simmons is part of that Rich Paul agency. Um, yeah, two years I feel like is enough. Three years, that third year is going to be a garbage year. I just say sign him to the third year. Like, he's going to be able to shoot threes in that third year. That doesn't go away. Like, You don't think he's going to get lazier and he's lazier? He's better than Iman Shumpert. Definitely better than Shumpert. Like, Shumpert was Shumpert really useless. <laughs> useless in those finals. But if I were, if I were the Cavs, I would definitely be... Uh, Lots of money. I would pay him quite a bit of money per year, as long as I didn't have to sign him for three years. Yeah, give him more. Yeah, give him more. Why not? Why not? They're already taxed, right? Yeah. Uh, is that the last question? That's the last question. They're over, over under fifty six and a half. <sighs> I feel this is right on. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna. They're not going to really try super hard in the regular season. Um, this is an old team still. So I wouldn't bet money on this. God, it's a tough one. I I really think they're going to win 55 games. I think what's going to happen – the reason I would say that is I don't expect LeBron to play 82 games. Me neither. And I really think that while he is very exciting, their backup point guard right now is Kay Felder, mm-hmm. and he is 5'8". <laughs> yeah. And he's a, a 5'8 yeah. rookie point guard, and he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. And I think that's the kind of thing where – I mean, I hope he's good, but he definitely seems like the kind of guy that a crafty backup point guard just destroys. Oh, you mean like, like Matthew Delvadova? Yeah, like Matthew Delvadova's going to kill him. I bet when the I bet when the Mavs play the Cavs in the Av Bowl, mm-hmm. um, I think Darren Williams. Oh, Darren Williams. Well, I think I think I think somebody like Seth Curry sure. will light him <laughs> up in a way that just like it's tough to be a good defensive point guard when you're five foot eight who here's my question who this team got did this team get better no no they got worse no. right they Way definitely worse. got worse yeah when you look at who guards steph curry on this roster uh k felder k felder yeah no you mean you put, no, it's you put lebron Schumper, on him. smith yeah lebron lebron has to guard durant now durant could be guarded by uh Oh God! There's no option there. <laughs> I went to Kevin Love. No, look, Kyrie, Kevin no. Love did shut, shut Curry down no. for one possession last year. The most important, but well, yeah. I mean, that was a stupid shot anyway. That last shot, <laughs> yeah, 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 it was yeah. dumb. Anyway, yeah, uh, this huh. is a, the 56 is right on. That's the most. I mean, that's the lowest number that they need I mean, to win you to have win the to conference. Assume LeBron takes two weeks off again, right, or whatever, a yeah. week off. That's yeah. just like his deal now. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go know, work out in Chicago with Wade now? That's so weird. There, you don't need to win more games than this to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And that's all they care about is getting the number one seed. Even if they don't have home court, they're going to the finals. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it with the Eastern Conference. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right. So this is the time of the episode where we pit the 2016 Golden State Warriors against – a fake team, a team from a movie, or a collection of mascots. This week, 
I think we, Sean and I both wonder if the 2016-2017 Golden State Warriors could defeat the Eastern Conference All-Star team from last year. So you take the best of the best from the other weaker conference and have them play this grotesque super team. Uh-huh. The starting lineup for the Eastern Conference All-Stars, Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, LeBron James, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony. First thing you got to say is, I mean, who's playing defense besides LeBron and, and, and Paul George? I mean, Paul George is really good. Paul at George is defense. a very good defender. Kyle Lowry can D up, right? Yeah. So you got Lowry on Curry, James, and who do you think guards Durant? James. And then Paul George guards Draymond? I think no, I think Paul, Paul George, George guards Curry. Guard... Really interesting. Not yeah. Kyle Lowry? You hide your guy on Steph, don't you? Well, no, I mean, you don't hide. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Let me go back to that. So, yeah, I guess I can see I think that. you put Lowry on clay. Interesting. You and then, flip him. And then Wade guards Curry? Wade guards Draymond. <laughs> Don't you? You hide him. Did, we, hi- say, <laughs> did we say Paul George on um, Durant? No, no, I'm putting LeBron on Durant. Interesting. Because uh, I guess they're both equally good. Actually, I take that back. I'd want LeBron on Draymond, so the the pick and roll, you could switch it. Right. So I'd want LeBron on Draymond, George on Durant, I guess Lowry on Curry, Wade on uh uh <laughs> Wade on uh Clay and then Mello on Zaza. Mello's definitely Mello's your center. <laughs> guarding the center. Um off the bench they have John Wall. Isaiah Thomas, Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, Paul Millsap, Chris Bosh, Andre Drummond, Pau Gasol, and Al Horford. Ultimately, this is this is ridiculous because they, their bench is so much better than the Warriors. That's bench. that's the problem is yeah. that I do believe the starting five could could bring a challenge, but you are looking at a situation where there's going to be a point in the game when. Patrick McCaw has to guard John Wall. Yeah, JaVale and, McGee. Yeah, JaVale McGee. Has, David oh, West has to come in and play a few minutes. I mean, I think it would be I, somewhat competitive. I think it'd be close. Yeah, yeah. but the, I, I'm going with the Eastern Conference All-Stars. I'm also taking the Eastern Conference that is All-Stars. A, that's a deep bench. When you're like, oh, I'm going to throw Jimmy Butler out here in like the third quarter. Yeah. I don't think Pau Gasol gets on the court, though. I also don't think yeah. so. I think, he, well... You could match him up with David West. But what's the point? <laughs> I mean, what's why? The point? That, is the, that is the end for of your bench. For funsies? <laughs> no, this is for blood, man. This is a serious yeah, game. Yeah, you, you don't have any... Uh, I, guess, I guess also, technically, Pau Gasol probably is not even on the team. I guess he's replacing Chris Bosh. Right. That's Okay, that's why he's there. Well, fair enough. So, so the, the Eastern Conference All-Stars... Beat the Warriors in a close one. Very close, I yeah. think. But I think they they probably cannot withstand that bench depth. I think the X factor of the game is I think John Wall comes off the bench and just like destroys Sean Livingston and Iguodala and that weird bench unit 
because he's just so fast. <laughs> I mean, the the real the thing that I'm realizing too is that Anderson Verjao is probably going to see the court, yeah, and that unless his flopping injures someone severely, that's <laughs> yeah. not going to be good for anybody. I, I did not work in the finals last year, that's for sure. No. no. Um, I'm sorry, Golden State Warriors. You guys have been unanimously defeated. They basically lost to the Banana Boat team again, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 On land. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, they still got a pretty strong record. They're, yeah, they're yeah. doing very well, and, and hopefully <laughs> next week they can bounce back. Um, Sean, anything to promote before we get out of here? Uh, business every Monday at Little Joy in Echo Park at nine o'clock. Joey, uh, check out It's Pablo on Moss May Horror, our first episode. It's uh, I made with Chris. It's a video series I made with Chris Garcia. Our first episode should be coming up in the next week or two. It's very funny. It's uh, if Pablo Escobar filmed the sitcom while he was under house arrest. So yep. please check that out. I got to give one shout out to PrincetonReplays.com who sent me a free poster of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game shot chart. Unofficial podcast sponsor, mm. but... Not uh, official at all. If they want to sponsor us. us. Wait, did they send it to you for free? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Why it did because they give of this? So that the I can mention it on the podcast, baby. Fucking really? Uh, well, it was. I mean, it wasn't like I will mention this on the podcast if you give me the poster. I want it was, a poster. Of course, you want a poster. <laughs> I'll put in a good word for you. <laughs> I don't think there's any memorable Warriors games. Um, I'm just kidding. There's plenty. Uh, check it out though, PrincetonReplay.com. They've got great stuff. It's all posters and T-shirts of special games, special moments. Even the actually, like, I want a T-shirt. The last play from <laughs> from Rudy. You can get a mm-hmm. T-shirt. Wow, that that fraud. Yeah, you want to commemorate that for the rest of your life. I, the one thing I didn't see that I wanted to see is there's no picket fence on there. That should be the first one you make is the picket fence. Don't get caught watching the paint dry, folks. All right, we will be back next week. We are going back to the Western Conference to talk about the Northwest Division. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Once again. Once again. Flawless. Come on. Right. Uh, uh-huh. Yo. Yo. It's like this. Uh, what I live for? Basketball, beats and bras. From Italy to the U.S. Yes, it's raw. I'm in search for the one that make my wealth feel poor. Who can ignore the spotlight life of grandma? Am I dumb for? Have I found the ore? Should I search still? There's plenty of women with sex appeal when it's filled. Can they complete the package? All I date is actresses to play it safe to them. My money ain't bait, but I must take risks to find a honey that's legit. Whether she push a bucket or six bucks with some mad chips. Out of her own or live out of mom's and pop's home. Rocks top fashion, Adidas attire or Timbo's. I don't know. Yo, these women come and go Like the wind they blow How do I know it's you for show? When God talked to me Gave me a signal But until then All my ears here The steady flow Come on Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.